It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 50th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, a.k.a. the Alabama Pits episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Yes, Alabama Pits was, according to the Eagles website, the first player to ever wear number 50 for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know if he's a good player or not, but that's a dope name. And that just sounds like a band name, like the Alabama Pits. That's a band name. I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. But that's that's a great name. It's a great name. Um, so it's the the 50th episode, a very special episode. Um, and I know it's not really the 50th episode because I skipped over the 46th episode. But in my eyes, it's the 50th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. I can't believe we made it to 50 episodes. Um, I think it's hilarious that so many people like this podcast. I I love every single one of you in the trust tree, um, and I have already been eliminated from the Survivor Pool because I picked the Saints like an idiot. So I'm eliminated from my own survivor pool. Um, I hope everyone else does well. So that's one of you can come in or I'll call you and we'll co-host an episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. So um, 50th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by the Go Birds pod or the GB's pod like we talk, we call it on the Counterpoint Podcast on today's episode. So we have Jack's headlines. A lot of really, really important stuff we got to get to. Uh, another uh, another trust tree moment. Um I gotta, we gotta go on the trust tree and talk about some things because, man, it's just some things have changed with the Eagles. We have Elliot Shore Parks of 94WIP.com. Elliot, uh, a, a long time, a long time opponent of the podcast, is coming into the trust tree. And we're gonna talk about our, talk about our past, talk about some of his takes, break down some of his takes. And um, also talk about the birds and go around the NFL and all that fun stuff. So ESP on the 50th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast will join us. Of course, we'll have the mailbag and what's the line saying, which again, the what's the line saying is on fire because I want to know um, last week, nailed the line once again. And a little tease here. I'm feeling good again about our birds. It's the only serious part of this podcast. It's what's the line saying. And I'm good at it. So just let me have this. Okay. Can I just have it? Um, all right. Jack's headlines. So 
Bud Light unveiled the Philly Philly statue, and I feel like this is the the appropriate place to start. <laughs> not the game, not anything that's happened since the game, not the Bucks game. This is the the appropriate place for the Counterpoint podcast to start this week. So Bud Light unveils the Philly Philly statue, which is great, but they sold Doug really short, and they did not have an outline or they did not factor in the size of his balls. And I just think that's a huge slap in the face. And if Bud Light was really a a a trendy, cool, hip, like the best light beer in the world, you would think they they would be funny enough to 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 put his balls on the statue. Like I just I just think they missed a huge opportunity to make all of Philadelphia laugh for a long time. And I thought Bud Light missed the boat on this one. It was it was it was wrong of them not to factor in Doug's balls. Speaking of Doug's balls, we have the Carson Wentz chub meter, which is is we haven't broken it out in a while, but there was there is optimism according to Chris Mortensen and not in Rappaport that he may play Week Three. So listen, it's it's it wants to get broke out. It really does. It's been talk. We've been talking, and the 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 Carson Wentz chub meter wants to get broken out. But we do have the Carson Wentz chub meter, chub meter, and we have the big balls Doug scale. And boy, did he break that scale on on Thursday night against the Falcons because he breaks out the Philly special again, but he saw Bill Belichick's play. He, he, he openly admitted to stealing Bill Belichick's play right after the Super Bowl, the first game post-Super Bowl, and ran it in game one. He didn't even, he didn't even give Bill a chance to calm down before... He ran the Philly special again, except it was with, it was with Bill's play. Like it's just, it's just hilarious. Doug, Doug broke the scale, and he 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 called it at the exact perfect time. The Eagles were struggling, and they weren't moving the ball. And then they were like, "Oh, let's let's play some hits." He went to he went he went to Foles, he went to Nick, and was like, "Let's play some hits." And they broke out the Philly special, stole Bill Belichick's play uh, <laughs> right after winning the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson is the greatest coach in Eagles history, and he is forever my head coach. I, I love I love him with all my heart. Also, in game one, the booing. So the the, the Eagles fans booed the Eagles as they were coming off the field in the first half. And of course, all the national guys were like, oh, classic Philadelphia, booing, oh, there's savages over there. And like, Here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand in in the national media is that there's different levels to booing. Like there's the there's the booing like you suck, which wasn't that. And this was this was a different kind of boo. The the it wasn't a you suck. We like you guys did it to us again. We can never trust you. Um, whatever. Like that's one level of boo. At the end of the Andy Reid era, that was a different level of boo. This boo was a it was it was a a, a boo that was like, listen, we know you're better than this. Play better than this. And I think it was good. And Malcolm Jenkins talked about it because I think he... Malcolm, Malcolm's been sneaky worried about um, like this team becoming complacent. They took the the championship uh, like banner out of the locker room. He's worried about them just being like, hey, we won the Super Bowl. We can figure everything out. Um, and I think Malcolm really appreciated the booing because it wasn't like a... You guys suck thing. It was you guys are better than this. We know you're better than this. Go be better than this. And I and I just I just applaud the Eagles fans once again. We are on we are on for as much as the Eagles are on a hot streak and for as much as 
Howie and Doug and Joe Douglas and Jeff Lurie and Foles and like as much as those guys are on a hot streak, Eagles fans have been on a hot streak ever since the draft was held here. And the booing the other night won them that game. It won them that game. It got them right in line and they went out and they played much better in the second half. They played much better. And listen, they're they're going to be fine. The booing was good. The booing was important. And uh, I once again, I, I applaud Eagles fans. Um, Braxton Miller was signed by the Eagles to the practice squad. And, you know, there were some people that were like, oh, wide receiver depth and and whatever. And I was like, you, you dumbass. Don't you just see what's happening here? Braxton Miller was signed to run the Philly special for the third time. They, they, they've changed it up every single time. The first time was score a touchdown. On Thursday night, it was to get a first down, change the momentum of the game, and and get everyone back in line. The third one is going to be Foles going fucking deep. And that's when Braxton Miller is going to roll out and just hit him deep for the Philly special 3.0. So, everyone, so don't even worry about Braxton Miller like, like oh, maybe he'll play wide receiver. No, no, no. Like he might, he might play wide receiver, but he's not here to be a wide receiver. He's here specifically to run that in the Super Bowl. So don't fret. So don't fret. So he's uh, Doug's got us under cover. Like Howie and Doug got together and they said, "All right, listen, we can't we can't run it again." And then they're like, "Wait, Braxton Miller's right there. He played in the Big Ten, Big Ten Player of the Year. Okay, we can do this one more time, but we got to save it for a special point." So shout out Doug, shout out Howie, shout out, shout out Joe Douglas. Like again, playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. It's just awesome. Just awesome. So um, before we get out of here, uh, laugh at the Cowboys. We have to laugh at the Cowboys because they're just the best. You know, yeah, you have you have uh, Jerry Jones on on radio today saying that <laughs> Dak Prescott is a is a combination of Jared Goff and and Cam Newton, which is borderline absurd. And uh, just like how do you how do you watch him and be like, you know what? I see that. He doesn't even run anymore. Uh, also, a uh, little update. Carson Wentz has thrown just as many touchdowns as Dak Prescott has um, since week 14 of last year, which is, again, it's my favorite stat. Like, you can break out whatever stat you want, but there's no stat better than Carson Wentz has still thrown as many touchdowns as Dak Prescott has, uh, and, and, and Carson Wentz hasn't played <laughs> since last year. It's just, he's, he's just a treat. I, I truly miss the Dak versus Wentz conversations. And I don't want to just personally... Uh, just start, you know, banning people for bad takes, or not bad takes, but like, I don't want to. I don't want to just ban someone for someone thing personal. Um, but I roasted Bill Barnwell like two summers ago for saying that Zach was better than Wentz, and I don't want to ban him because he hasn't really deserved a ban. But in my mind, he's banned. Um, <laughs> they lost the game with with Sean Lee and Zeke, which I didn't think was possible. So that's another reason to laugh at the Cowboys. And they're just getting destroyed online by by Des Bryant as they're losing to the Carolina Panthers. They're losing to the Carolina Panthers, and Des Bryant is just taking it all out on them while the game's going on. Like there's just there's just so much problems with that team that I just can't get I can't get enough of it. They're truly America's team. Thank you, Cowboys. All right, it's time to uh, go right into the trust tree because I'm in an interesting spot. I'm in a really interesting spot. So it's weird, and I want to I, w- I want to get feedback on this because I want to know if anyone else is kind of the same way um, that I am. So if you if you are too in this situation, 
um, reach out to the counterpoint mailbag at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. That's what the trust tree is here for. We're here for these kind of moments. I've changed how I watch the Eagles and I didn't used to be like this. Like with the Eagles last year, I still don't watch in public. I can't watch the Eagles in public, but I did watch the game. Well, this, I watched the game with uh, Jill, her sister and her husband, her sister's husband who, I mean, they're all Eagles fans, but um, I usually would have never done that before. I also didn't have cable in my new apartment because I wasn't thinking yet. And I completely forgot about um, Sunday football until way too late or Thursday football at that point. So, uh, I didn't have cable yet, so I was forced to watch it somewhere else rather than just by myself. And I will still never watch a, a game at a bar. Like, I just think that's such an embarrassing thing to do. I just, I can't take it. I can't take people's takes in public. But this setting, it was it was four people, and it was fine, and I, I was going to be okay. I wasn't worried about myself. Um, but I'm, I'm there. I usually never really drank during games because I'm usually such on edge. It's fine drinking. Um, I usually sit up while I'm watching the Eagles games. I was just laying down, lounging, and I think it's gotten to the point where I've just I've I've put so much faith in this team, and I just trust them so much. And they have this clutch gene that they I just I just think they're always going to win. Even the Falcons when they were making that drive at the end of the game, I was like they're going to win. And really, I felt that way. I felt that way ever since the Falcons game last year. I was weirdly calm during the Falcons game last year. I just have trusted this team to the point where it's almost like the like I still get fired up when like the fourth the, the fourth and goal stop in the first quarter and they and they when they win I still get up fist pump all that stuff but during the game I'm just kind of watching I'm just kind of watching because I just trust this team so much it's like they they've taken all the edge off of watching Eagles games and I don't know if I'm alone in that I don't know if I'm I've gotten soft but I think it's got I don't really, I don't think it's soft more though it's it's man, this team is good. They have all of my faith, all of my confidence. I don't need to will them to victories anymore, like I used to, because they've got this. It's like watching your 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 child on a bike for the first time. You know, when they the first time you take the training wheels off and they're able to ride perfectly fine, you're still a little nervous. But after the second time, you're like, they've got this. They'll be okay. Now, there'll be, there'll be bumps in the roads. They'll fall off. They'll get boo-boos. But overall, you're very confident that you've taught them how to win. And you've taught them how to ride the bike. And that's how I feel about the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's, it's a trust tree moment. Because I have changed how I've watched Eagles games. It used to be throwing phones, cursing out loud, freaking out. And now, it's just like, they've got this. And I wonder if it's going to change. I'm curious to see how I react if they lose a game. Because that used to be like depression eating. I would go to Wendy's and get like big ass burger and a big ass drink and big ass fries and like eat myself to death. Not death. But I would eat a lot because I'd be depressed. And I'm curious to see how that happens. I, after the first game, have changed how I've watched the Eagles and I wonder if you and the trust tree, it's perfectly fine. It's what the trust tree is here for. Have to changed how you've watched the Eagles. Before we get to ESP, I've got an ad read. And if you've listened to the Counterpoint podcast and you have listened to the mailbag, sometimes you know that I struggle with reading. But I got to tell you about DraftKings. It's week two of the football season, which means a second shot at victory. Bragging rights and huge cash prizes 
are up for grabs all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. This weekend, DraftKings has over $2 million in total prizes, and you can play free with your first deposit to complete your share. With one-week fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play. Draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. At DraftKings, you are the GM. Just choose your players, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. So if you've been thinking about trying one-week fantasy football, now is the time to play. Because nothing makes football more exciting than when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code GOBIRDS to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and complete for your share of over $2 million in total prizes. That's code GOBIRDS only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's the 50th episode, and it's not really the 50th episode because I skipped over the 47th episode, so... I had to make it special for the 50th. We'll call it the 50th episode. And honestly, I can't believe we're here. <laughs> but we're welcoming in to the trust tree, Mr. Elliot Short Barks. Elliot, can you believe you're here? Dude, I need to, like, I don't know where to start. I'm excited to be in the trust tree, number one. But number two, like, can you explain the trust tree to me? Mm. The trust tree is, is, is... Or is this like, if I don't know, then I, I, I can't really be in it. I think you'll, you'll learn about the trust tree. Like, the trust tree basically is a place where you know people can come in with their eagles opinions, their eagles fears, their eagles superstitions. Right. And we can just have an open open discussion about it. If you're if you're worried about this week's game, maybe it's a trap game, we can talk about it. And it's just like it's a, a no judgment zone. It's a no judgment zone. You know, we're not here to we're not here to judge. Okay. Everyone everyone doubts the eagles at some point. You know, I made this podcast before they were world champions and now they're world champions and it's like, well, it can't it's not like the Eagles are automatically always going to be amazing all the time. Right. So it's just tough. It's just tough. So the trust tree is more just a place where people can come in and, and be honest and open about their opinions. And, and I think people really uh, respect the trust tree. Well, I think it's important we enter the trust tree then for this episode, right? Because yeah. I, I see all these papers in front of you. Yes. And I, I feel like uh, it's going it's to get a little emotional. It's going to get very emotional. So, so let, let's, let's just, I'm going to take over the pod. Yeah, yeah. that's how you do okay, it. Right, right, cool. right. Perfect. So should we start with our very public fight? Yeah, well, it was a it was a, it was a very public. Well, see if Drake and Meek Mill can. This is this this is the biggest beef. I mean, bigger to be honest, because I mean we've made up. I guess we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but like, I mean, here's here's what I would say. And for those that don't know about the time me and Jack got into it on Twitter, yeah, I, I had heard that you had besmirched my good name. I did on. Uh, I believe it probably was the counterpoint. It was counterpoint. It was counterpoint. And I don't remember. Which is always an umbrella of counterpoint, where like you can't tell if it's totally serious. So I, that's that's why the counterpoint podcast is here, right? And the, the crazy part is, I never tweet back at people. So you should really feel honored that I decided to at you. It finally snapped. Yeah, it snapped. It snapped. And I don't. And I tried to find it earlier what I said, but there was just so much back and forth. I couldn't find the first tweet. But I feel like I called you unprofessional. Oh, you did. And oh, honestly, and that's kind of lame of me in retrospect. No, 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 no. I, I, because I, because I was, and I was very early in my uh, podcast media game where I was like, I made the mistake of being like, oh, I'm just gonna roast members of the media, and that's gonna be perfectly okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, but like, we're all very roastable. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's right. what, <laughs> I think I got in this business to be roasted. Right. And that's that's why the trust trees. But if I remember correctly, you were getting on me and saying I only said things to get clicks. Yeah. Well, that's that's the main that's the main critique. It's the, yeah, it's the main critique of a lot of people, and I would say me in particular. I get that a lot on Twitter, and I think what made me snap about that was 
you are a fellow takesman. Like you understand that you have takes and you talk about things to get reaction and to get feedback. Uh-huh. So I think it's funny that when people say you're doing this for clicks, like first of all, no shit, right? Like no shit. It's a business and I'm doing this to get people to read things that I think are good. But two, like why would I talk about things or write about things that people aren't interested in? But I think you accused me of making up an opinion just for that. And I think that's what made me, you know, get in my, get in my bag. Yeah. 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 But now, now that we are respected as takesmen in right. the city, it's like, I, I broached the, the takesmen line and that was, right. that was, that was bad on my part. No, no, no. And it's okay. And I'm happy we've made up since because you never want to see takesmen going against each other. <laughs> right. Cause like there's so few of us out there yeah. and there's so many trolls. We're outnumbered. What's funny is when you, like when, when you work in radio, now that you're kind of in radio and podcast, yeah. it's like, well now I'm on the podcast. Right, right, right. And people say, people say like, Oh, like you're doing this for clicks. I'm like, I'm on Twitter, man. Like you're not clicking anything. Right. <laughs> like, and that's a place like people will like, I'll, I'll tweet like a hot take or whatever and they'll go like clickbait. And I'm like, first of all, there's no link. Right. So it's not clickbait because there's literally nothing for you to click here. But I just think it's so lame when people are like, you only have that take to get attention or you only have that take for whatever. Like, first of all, we're all on social media to interact with each other. So w- what are you not doing for attention? But number two, like all of my takes and I'm, we're going to go through them here. Oh, I we're going say. right uh, through them. We're yes. going right through them. Yeah. I believe every one of them. So we, we can get started we if you want. We will. No, 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 no. I, I've got it all laid out here. Okay. All right. No, my no. Bad. I, 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 we, we have made up. I have not made up with your former uh, cohort over there at, oh, at NJ.com. <laughs> Matt's anyway. the man. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Eagle stuff first. Got to okay. get into some very serious Eagle stuff here. Big J right now. It's been said that a four-two-five defense is the best setup to negate the advantage of an RPO. Do you believe in that philosophy? And were you surprised Eagles ran only five <laughs> RPOs? <laughs> Just kidding. Was Braxton Miller signed uh, for the Philly Special Three I mean, obviously, right? Like, <laughs> first of all, it's funny because right, this is another perfect example of clickbait. When I talked about free agents they could sign, I put Braxton Miller on there, and everyone was like, "Oh, they're not going to do that." And they did. So he's here. And he's the ultimate toy, I think, for Doug. Like, he could come here. He's just on the practice squad now. But if he's on the active roster, I do think that he could He could be that guy. I mean, Slot, he played the outside, he played the inside, and he can throw. So, yeah, he could be. The Philly special 3.0, except this time, Foles is going to go deep. Foles is going to go deep. And Braxton's going to hit him on a, on a deep out route. With that quick speed Foles has. Yeah, sure. Right. He really does a get, get open down the field. He's like a tight end. He's like Brent Selleck or Jason Wynn. They didn't know, they, they weren't fast. But by no. the end, they knew how to get open. He can catch. He can catch. More than Tom Brady can yes, catch. That's yes, the, that's the joke that people love putting out <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> uh, does Jeff Lurie bet his money on the Eagles opposition every week to make the Eagles underdogs? Ooh. Stay woke on that. Because listen, wow, they have been underdogs, and they they started favorites, okay, and then all of a sudden they'd be underdogs, and I'm wondering if Jeff Lurie is tanking the Vegas odds just so he can get bolts and board material for the Eagles. You know, I haven't done a big investigative piece in a while. Yes. that might be worth something looking into because imagine the outcry. But I don't think the Eagles are going to be underdogs that much this year. I know. I guess they they ended up being against the Falcons, right? I think it was like a, yeah, I think it was a pick, pick or slash, maybe a point. But but if you're the home team, you're a three-point phase. Well, that was the thing, right? You're, so really, if it was a pick they're basically saying they're three-point dogs. Right, to the yeah. Falcons. Who, like, when are they going to learn that teams just don't come in here and win? And Matt Ryan doesn't come in here and win either. No. Is, he, is he almost done? His ball looked flat. I think he's overrated. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... <laughs> I so you know Dave Murphy of the Philadelphia Inquirer, the, their Philadelphia yeah, of Inquirer, right? So 
this all-time backfire move by him. Me and him debate Matt, uh, Matt Ryan all the time. So halftime of the Super Bowl against the Patriots, he preemptively retweets some of my takes trying to embarrass me, right? <laughs> and I tweet at him. I said, this is a little premature on your part. And it ended up backfiring. Oh, love it, though. Yeah. It sometimes, was ballsy on him. Some, sometimes you got to be preemptive and it backfires. Backfires. But no, I'm not, I'm not a big Matt Ryan guy uh, at all. Flat Ryan? No. Um, were the Eagles afraid to unleash the hashtag Earth's God package on Thursday because it's too unfair and they didn't want to show their hand? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what Doug said. Yeah. But no, I I, I think uh, part of the reason, and I thought the we, the uh, reasoning was kind of excused by, uh, the excuse was kind of weak by Doug. Um, he said it was Goddard's first game and he didn't really want to uh, put the rookie out there too much, but they had their best drive when they went to 12 personnel at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, Goddard almost came down with that touchdown. Uh, on the one touchdown drive in the third quarter, they targeted Ertz and Goddard five of the six passes. So I think you will see it more against the Buccaneers. And I was surprised we didn't see it as much against the Falcons because especially with the issues they're having on the outside at receiver, uh, these tight ends are going to be huge. So I, I really do think you'll see it more against the Buccaneers. Do you think Doug Peterson hates JJ? <sighs> I mean, he hates him in the first half. He's so so much better than the other Eagles running backs. Is he so much better than Corey Clement? I think he's better than Corey Clement. Well, here, overall, I guess I would agree he is better, and he did look better against the Falcons. I don't know if he's, like, so much better, but uh, J.J., I mean, he killed it in the second half, for sure. Every time he touched the ball in the second half against the Falcons, you were wondering why they weren't giving it to him more, because he just looked like he had some extra pep in his step. But the counterpoint... Is he only? Is he only like that? Well, your head just shot up. Yeah, it uh, uh, was he only as good in the first second half because he didn't touch as much in the first half. Maybe I just feel like ever since he's gotten here, it's like, oh, this is the week JHI. They're gonna right. feed him, and then it just this never happened. It never happens. Every week I ask for bold predictions, and I get like you know 80, 90 responses, and like half of them are big game from Sidney Jones, big game from JHI. Yeah, like every week, that's what people think. Yeah, that's two, two trigger points, and JHI, yeah. like I don't know. Ever since he's gotten here, he's been good. It's just they never fully feed him the ball and maybe it's it's probably a product to keep him healthy and i get that because of the knees but it's well the wild thing good. about ajayi is i was ranking the running backs this offseason and i was you know doing all the research as i do for my lists and he is i think it's like the fifth or sixth most rushing yards in the nfl over the last two seasons which is wild because you don't actually i don't think he very he very rarely gets mentioned as one of the best running backs in the league but i think you, you can make the argument he is when you look at his stats his ability to break off for big games uh you know you saw against the Falcons how he can break tackles and carry guys. And so I do think he is one of the better running backs in the league. Um, but as you mentioned, I think just because of his knees, they want to worry about the longevity. And I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So I kind of thought they would like run him into the ground and let him walk. But yeah. maybe they do view him as, as a longer part of this team. Maybe. Um, do you think the Eagles are proving they can win without Carson Wentz because they, they, they're taking a direct shot at people that think last year was a fluke? Obviously, what they're right. doing because, like, listen, Carson Wentz, I believe, can is close enough to be able to play that he can maybe play this week or next week. But it feels like they're just going to ride out foals until they can't do it any longer. Well, and it, that see, like to me, that's so weird. Some of the logic people use when talking about Wentz, it's like, well, he could play this week, but maybe you wait until week three because it's a Colts. Or like, well, if it's not the Colts, maybe you wait until the bye week. Or you know, to me, it's just like you play him when he's ready. And I do, I do agree with you that if he had to play, like let's say the Super Bowl was this week, he he would play, right? Like this is, I think he's able to go in there. But they, you give Foles all that money, you turn down those draft picks, you have the ability to kind of ride him out. Um, and I, so I agree with you that that is what they're doing. But 
I think the coaching staff still wants Wentz in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, I feel like Wentz is one of those guys that's like, I need to play. Just just yeah. let me play. I think Wentz is one of those guys that wants to like reclaim this team and make it very obvious. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he's gonna snap. Carson's never snapped, but I think he's close. I don't know if Carson has it in on the snap. <laughs> just from being around him for two years, like and I, I've I've told this story before, but not on the counterpoint, so have I ever really told it. Right, it doesn't matter at this point. So two and a half years ago, I guess, I was at the Senior Bowl. Um, It was Wentz's, you know, he was there, and it was just kind of starting to learn about Wentz. And I remember it was like before all the hysteria was surrounding him, I see him like just walking down a hallway. I go in and introduce myself, and we talk for like a few minutes, and like just seeing how the guy he was there to who he is now, like he's basically stayed the same. Like he really doesn't let all this like fame and people around him phase him, which is why... I, although I think it's important that um, for him to be the number one guy again and to get this team back, I don't think you're ever going to see him snap. I just don't. <laughs> so when you were at the Senior Bowl, did you see the famous uh, Jimmy Kemsky face? Oh, my boy Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about from the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Les Bowen. Yep, yeah. Now, Les Bowen, I, I've said Les Bowen's a snake, and Les Bowen got Jimmy Kemsky that day. Jimmy, it's so funny because this it's not just there. There was, a, I think it was this year with Doug. Right. Like he was eating a bagel next to the coach and there was like a ton of pictures of it. And that's the, you got to be careful. Like when you're in a when you're in a like a media huddle like that, if you're right by the guy like, you know, you're going to be in the photo. So there's times where I'll be right next to either a player or a coach and I can tell I'm going to be in it. So like obviously not listening to what the people are saying. And I'm just concentrating on making sure I'm not making a silly face because that will end up lasting way longer than whatever that the quote was at that moment. Yeah. Kevsky hasn't learned that in, in all of his years in the Eagles beat. He can every single year. There's some picture that just gets out right. there. Well, you can only be great at so many things. Right. right. I mean, he's so great at everything else. So exactly. the pictures are just, you know, <laughs> and his phone went off during a press conference this year. We all have our flaws. Yeah, I mean, we're going to cover it next year when we have our annual 10 Reasons Why Jimmy Kemsky Will Be a Dumpster Fire podcast. So <laughs> well, I'm excited for that it's, one. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time. So you go to a lot of press conferences. Like You've probably been to every press conference of the Doug Peterson era, Yeah, most of, most of Howie's press conferences. Who do you prefer, Cocky Howie or Cocky Doug? <sighs> I mean, Cocky Howie has just such an aura about him. Oh, he's snarky. Like, and you can tell as soon as he gets going, like, we'll all joke about in the media that he'll be listening to a question and like midway through, you can see him start to smile and you're like, he's not listening to what you're saying anymore. He has a response ready to like go. Like chocolate or yeah, vanilla? Yeah, like he's like lined up ready to go and then he'll like snap his head back and forth to see if everyone got the joke. <laughs> and like, so he's pretty good. The thing about Doug though is Doug is like just such a nice guy that like he'll like walk into the press conferences and you can tell his mood immediately. Like he'll be walking down, he'll like look at a reporter and make a joke or like make a comment about all the recorders. But that's why when he got mad, I guess it was two or three weeks ago now, like the second he walked in the room, you could tell he was not in the mood to play around. So of the two, I guess I would probably say Cocky Howie, but Doug is just so enjoyable. I know. That, yeah, it's tough. But Cocky Howie, like Doug, Doug when he's cocky, it's just like, it's former athlete in him. Howie's yeah. such a nerd that when he's cocky, it's like... Well, the, the, and like seeing Howie walk around the stadiums now, so we'll be up in the press box and he'll walk down onto the field and like... He, and he's earned this. I don't mean this as a disrespect at all, but like he literally walks around like he owns every single building or room he's in. And he's earned it because you think about like, look, we've all had our Howie takes. I was dead wrong about Howie. I've have I've admitted that to him, right? And like, but when you see him, it's like, all right, Howie basically got fired, basically was told he would never do it. He came back and in two years built the best team in the league and won the Super Bowl. So it's like, you can't touch him. He's untouchable at this point. I know. And he turned to a vest guy. 
Did you, did you, and he had the beard. He's, he, he, I think he shaved it, but he had a beard going for a while. I, I thought it was a good look on yeah, him. Yeah, but. but I was nervous about Bearded Howie because I, th- I thought Bearded Howie was going to trade falls for like a first. And <laughs> just, it just for fun. Yeah, it just didn't happen, yeah. unfortunately. But I mean, I, I snar- it's almost cocky Howie slash snarky Howie. It's a very enjoyable person. He's, he's got jokes. <laughs> or at least he thinks he has jokes. He sure thinks he does. <laughs> um, how intimidating is pissed off Doug, though? Like, is it... You, it's a scary. Are you, were you nervous to ask questions that day? Yeah, for sure. Because like he got, you know, he was in his mood, and I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna let him be in his mood. Like I don't need to get involved in this. But yeah. uh, no, I mean the thing about Doug is he's such an interesting guy. Because as I said, he is extremely fun to be around. He's a very like nice, genuine guy, and I think that comes across in the media with his press conferences because he is a he like wants to give the right answers, which is not always what you want to do when you're up at the podium. Like Howie is very good at saying nothing at all like he'll answer the parts of the question he wants to answer but then he'll also he's not going to give anything away at the podium because that's his job not to give anything away Doug I think has a little bit more in him where he's able to kind of like he wants to genuinely help the reporter well rookie you're Doug he was yeah. bad at it and it but it, it backfires sometimes because he goes like too far and then whatever but uh it did help him in Cincinnati though when he was in yeah. Cincinnati he actually kind of put some players under the bus and it helped right. the team get refocused. But there are moments where you see the former athlete in him come out, like when he's upset, like he was two weeks ago, or like he does kind of like, he carries himself as someone that A, has been dealing with the media for a long time, but B, like has that athlete, like he, you can tell he's a former player when he talks. Eagles Bucks, must win or a trap game? So I had it down as a trap game as soon as the schedule came out because nice. I was like yeah exactly right but you, I, but you weren't expecting them to beat the no, I, Saints I, right I, oh no I was not expecting the Bucks to beat the Saints no I had when I first did my win loss my first win loss which I put out two or three minutes after the schedule came out obviously I had the Bucks game down as a loss because I was thinking you beat the Falcons you go on the road Nick Foles is pretty inconsistent Bucks have some offense but I actually think they have the Buccaneers right where they want them now coming off of that big game um, I did some uh, research, uh, pro football reference was, you know, digging through the numbers. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is like five and nine in games after he's thrown three or more touchdowns and he averages as many interceptions as touchdowns as he does in those games. So he's always been extremely inconsistent, uh, never puts together great games in a row. So I actually think the Eagles have him right where they want him now. Good. Good. I it's not great. a must win. It's, it feels no, it's like definitely a not a must win. It's a trap game. Although here's what <laughs> it's a trap game. How many how many losses do you think the Eagles can have this year and still get the number one seed? Uh, four. Four? All right. So to that degree, I would say it's a must win because you don't want to waste one of your losses on a bad Bucks. Wow, must win week two. That's, that's bold. You're tricking me into saying that. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I had Trey Thomas in here. I had Trey Thomas in that seat and I said, is the Super Bowl a must win or a trap game? <laughs> what did he say? Uh, I think he answered it seriously and I felt bad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to the takes. So the takes... He, I, I, I applaud you for doing my homework for me because I didn't feel like trying, no problem. To, trying to find all, all the takes. Yeah. So you found the five best ones. and Well, I mean, worst ones slash best ones. Well, can I, can I say one thing about that? Yes. So I do the article with my five worst takes and people tweet me like, oh, you never get anything right. But like, imagine how douchey it would have been if I had done here's five things I got correct. Right, right, right. right? So all right. here's my five, five best Yeah, takes. here's five, way, five reasons I was right. Uh... Paxton Lynch over Carson Wentz on your big board. And now I will defend you. I liked Paxton Lynch coming out as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't even know if that's like, it was a, it looks bad now. But it's, at the it's to- definitely fun to retweet. Yeah. Paxton Lynch gives you a lot of opportunities for the retweet. But are, he's terrible. Are we sure he's terrible though? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Ever, since, ever since he did that dance video, I was out. 
Uh, see, and that's the thing. Like for some reason, his I was all in until that video came he, out. But that's the funny thing is he actually like I he went up my big board the more he was like doing stuff like that. I, he like tricked me into thinking he was cool. And so no, I, no, no, no. This I this thing is not cool. No, Whatever he did was no. not cool. Yeah, that and like looking back now, it's embarrassing to think that I thought he was super cool. But <laughs> well, because like, you're the franchise swag. Guy. But that's what I'm saying. Like he was one of the original franchise swag guys. And Wentz has really changed my definition of franchise swag. Just seeing him around, but. Paxton Lynch to me like big big arm which you know that yeah, obviously means all that success. matters yeah exactly <laughs> turned around turned around a bad Memphis program and I mean like I don't know I just got it wrong but at the time I was just like he had all the tools to succeed I was pretty pretty positive and yeah. then when John Elway drafted him I was thinking all right well John Elway knows a thing or two about quarterbacks at least that was at the time I when thought, that's the time when John Elway was like the executive of the year. right because he signed Peyton Manning which isn't like the toughest decision in the world to yeah, make but. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's what I'd say. I'm going to keep defending this take. Like, the situation you end up in matters so much in the NFL. And, like, it's a shame because he actually did end up in a pretty good situation. But I wouldn't completely count him out. I mean, okay. he, he goes somewhere else. I don't think he's ever going to be as good as Carson. Well, I'd hope not. I don't, I, I'd be shocked. He's bad for Eagles fans. Um, I, I, I'm glad I wasn't really, like, big during that draft because I love Jared Goff. I was I was, I, I was I don't a golfy. Like, yeah, I don't I don't like Jared Goff even now. I think I got lucky with McVeigh. I actually debate that a lot with uh with your boy Lombo. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's a big golf guy. Yeah, he's also a, a Saquon guy. <laughs> yeah, well, where is thighs? Does he think uh, Trace McSorley is a first round pick or? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to ask him. I I don't even think that guy's gonna get drafted. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not. Uh, this uh, this one I actually remember disagreeing with you with uh, right. Jordan Matthews over Alshon basically. I mean here all right. Here was my thing with that take, and this is a perfect example of where you have it, and then you just decide to, to dig your feet in the ground because so many people disagree. But the numbers backed my story, backed my case up on this. Like Alshon to me is a perfect guy to debate because everyone thinks he has so much like potential, and he makes like two really good catches a year. But overall, if you look at his numbers last year, it was like fifty something catches. Uh, like, yeah, here's a better way to put it: Jordan Matthews had better career, better seasons in an Eagles uniform than Alshon did last year. If you don't include the playoffs, like you just look at his regular season stats. But if I'm just looking at the receiver, like if I'm just comparing the receivers on tape, right. I, Alshon's a better receiver. But but why does that matter if it doesn't turn into catches, yards, and touchdowns? Like I, I see your point. Like yes, you're right. Alshon can make catches. Jordan Matthews can't. I would agree with that. But when you look at simply what you're getting from a production standpoint, prior to last season, because you know Jordan Matthews is now dealing with a lot of injuries, so we'll never truly right. Know. We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never. I, I'm not taking the L on this one yet. But like, <laughs> I mean, the thing about Alshon is too, like he makes that catch in the Super Bowl. It's like, I can't take that from him. That was an amazing catch. He made catch. that catch and he made the other catch on the sideline that people forget about. Or Against just, the Giants. No, 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 no. In the Super Bowl. And they, they dumped oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right into the corner there. Right. No, I mean, he, look, but like Jordan Matthews also caught a pass against the Cowboys and ran in over. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying like numbers. I mean, look. like I know the numbers. Yeah. I'm just saying that the, the actual receiver, I think Alshon's a better receiver. And my counter to that would be, like, why does any of that matter if it doesn't okay. result into production? Okay. <laughs> okay. Eagles are better off taking... <laughs> just moving on. Yeah. Eagles are, better off, on. Eagles are better off taking Cardell at third <laughs> rather than Goff and Wentz. So this got a little, like, taken out of context because now people think that I liked Cardell more than right. Wentz. I agree. Which is not complete what I was you, saying. What you were doing, I, under, I know what you're doing. You were saying, value-wise, it would right. be smarter to take him later right. rather than one of those guys at the top of the draft. Yeah, and my thing with Cardell, too, is, like, people forget because he had a bad last year at Ohio State, but... Had he came out after he won the national championship, he probably is a first-round pick. And I do think, again, this is another example of where 
If he's a first round pick with a the team, they invest so much more into him. They coach him up more and all that, all that stuff. I was never saying Wentz was a better quarterback than Cardell. I was saying the value there. But you know the internet, they don't right. Care. They so don't it, care. Yeah, about it's context. turned into it's current. It's turned into me thinking Cardell was better. That's the problem with like old takes exposed. Is that it's, there's no context. Who do you think runs that account? <sighs> it's got to be a Philly guy, right? Because he cares <laughs> way too much about me. Like I, I'm on that like once every. Like fifteen days. It does feel like he's from around here, right? I, would say from I think he's here. tied into the Eagles. Some like not the Eagles organization, but like, I think he's an Eagles fan. I guess because he seems like he really concentrates on the Philly takes and Francesa and like and like yeah. the New York guys, right? So I think he's East Coast. We'll we'll figure. We'll it out. definitely East Coast. We'll yeah. get to the bottom. Of it. There, I don't see many West Coast takes being retweeted on there. Because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the Jordan Matthews Ronald Darby trade uh, again with the Jordan Matthews. <laughs> you just you just can't get off them. I mean, <laughs> I mean numbers like that. You know how how could I? But like here was my thing with that with that trade. But the Eagles needed a quarterback. Well, na- yeah, they did. But now looking at, it, I mean, they have Sydney and Jalen. Yeah, they, they went. Guy. They went from having no cornerbacks very quickly to all of a sudden they have a, a surplus. But here's here's the other thing about that trade. Like Ronald Darby didn't end up having a good year last year. Well, yeah, I th- even when he came back and was healthy, right? But the the, the ankle thing, right? But the I'm saying even when he came back, yeah. But that once he was back on the field, he, he wasn't that, that. He well. wasn't that great, right? So you gave up at the time. I was saying. And, you know, I, I just love defending old takes. But at the time, I was saying, like, you know, Jordan Matthews is your best receiver because I thought he was better than Alshon. So I was already riding that train, right? Yeah. You give up a third round pick for a guy that was already coming off a down year. So, you know, I think at, Ronald Darby's going to have a great year this year. He had a great preseason. I thought, I thought even though the numbers don't really show it against the Falcons, I thought he played really well. Yeah. Um, and again, Jordan Matthews is really hurt. So we will never really <laughs> be able to see how his career would have played. Speaking out. of numbers, do you think. Part of his success this season is because he's wearing number 21. Oh, yeah. I agree with you big time on this. Yeah, the number thing is big. You can't be good 41, at 41. just looks weird, yeah. It's and a terrible I, number. I felt that way about Ajayi in 36. Um, first well, of all, I think Westbrook's they, number. they should just retire it because everyone's going to see it and think of Westbrook. So it's like, why even have it? Um, I think he's going to be a lot better than 26. I agree, Darby. He's got all the things. He's got the dreads. He's wearing like the thin armbands now, which I think is a really good look for him. Um, and the 21, yeah. So I'm, I'm big on him this year. Uh, the Chip Kelly firing mistake thing was that from a where where was your head at at that point? Like I feel like I'm on like a therapy couch. <laughs> no, like we, we we're me and Spike have talked about having a take podcast. Well, Spike really brought it up, and we just want to we just want to bring everyone into the trust. Listen, you're in the trust, right? Tree. No, everything is is a judgment free zone. We're just openly talking about. I the, mean, my the thing takes. is, it's better to have a bad take than no take at all. Oh, of course, right? Like, no one's distri- no one no one is interested in no takes. Right, that's boring. So here was my thing with Chip. So I was anti Howie. So I'm already thinking like, all right, I'm leaning Chip in this in this battle, right? Um, I think Chip was a victim of, and he, it was his fault, but he brought in Sam Bradford, DeMarco Murray. I mean, he really surrounded himself with, with guys that weren't going to help him out. Right. Um, and then he went to San Francisco and he had cap and I really thought that would work out and that didn't. But I also, I mean, as a lot of people, I, I'd imagine like I wasn't super high on Doug. I wouldn't say I was anti Doug, but I just, I didn't really see it. So for me, I was just thinking, look, like I think I thought Chip was kind of like a once in a generation type football mind. Now it hasn't played out that way, but I mean, the guy did win ten games back to back years. He did win a division title, even in his worst year, he won seven games. If you give mm-hmm. him credit for that last one against the Giants, um, but again, like the Super Bowl changes everything because in two years, Doug's turned into like the best coach in the league. But uh, yeah, I think Chip would be fine if he can get it out of his own way. He's just he's just such an asshole. But it's so weird because like it's that's such like a. Uh, like a 
common take to have, right? Like he, but like whenever I interact him with, he was nice. And like I would talk to players in the locker room, and like they would be fine with Chip. I think it was like four or five guys really hated him, and it like kind of ruined the whole thing. But I don't think like there was there's this feeling like all the players hated Chip, and they all love Doug, and it does seem like they all love Doug. But I think this idea that they all hated Chip, I think a lot of it was more just the you know second floor of the Novacare thing going on. Interesting. All right, let's go around the NFL real quick. Um, how much better is Dak than Wentz? So much better. <laughs> and speaking of like old takes exposed, I got into an argument with a Cowboys reporter after both their rookie years. And I was saying like, now Wentz is way better and it's not even close. And he was like, well, they were 13 and three and he was whatever it was. He rookie of the year or something like that. And uh, I think I've proven pretty right. I mean, he's just considerably better. Yeah. I fucking roasted Bill Barnwell like in his rookie <laughs> year. And I, I, I won that argument. Would you take Dak or uh, Nate Sudfeld? <laughs> I'd still take that. Yeah, but I, I would take Sudfeld. <laughs> Sudfeld? Yeah, I would. Like dead serious, I would take Sudfeld. I think Sudfeld is, has it to be a really good NFL quarterback. I hope so. I hope so. I All think right. that'd be hilarious. Uh, do you think it's fair that Dak has a com? Do you think it's? I'm good. Okay. What you good? Yeah, no. I was just, I was just seeing if our guest needed a uh, <laughs> uh, parking. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I'm good. I'll get, I, I'll get, I'll finish it up. I have like 10 more minutes. Okay. Um, do you think it's fair to say that Dak is a combination of Jared Goff and Cam Newton? Like Jerry Jones said today? <laughs> like maybe all the worst qualities of both. <laughs> like where did that come from? Yeah, that's so weird. How do you watch Dak and be like, you know what? I see a lot of Goff and, and Cam Newton in there. Do they both have small hands? I know the <laughs> Goff thing. I just don't that get it. That is weird, yeah. Doesn't even, he doesn't even running anymore. He's, it's weird to think Jerry would pick those two names. Like did someone tell him that or did he think of that on his own? I. I, it's Jerry. I have no idea. Uh, how happy are you that the Giants passed on Sam Darnold? Eagles fans should be very happy. Because first of all, taking a running back at number two was the dumbest decision they could ever make. I don't care who he is. Two, uh, Sam Darnold looked really good. And I, I was out on him for a little because I thought he looked funny in his helmet. So like, I thought I was, he was through weird. Yeah. And he did his pro workout in a hat, which I thought was kind of weird. But then like he looked pretty good last night. With yeah. actual football, it seems like he's pretty good. He looks fun. I'm, I'm happy for Jets fans. Yeah, it'll be good. Now that we're the champions of the world, it's like so much easier to be happy for other I could, I could go for a Wentz-Darnold uh, Super Bowl. It seems like th- those two and Watson are like the three guys. And, yeah. and Mahomes. I love Mahomes. I mean, what about Jimmy G? I'm big we sure? That. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. We I'm sure? sure. Everyone. Everyone's like out on them now because they lost to the Vikings on, on the road. But that was a tough game, and they barely lost. And at least from what I saw of Red Zone, it seemed like they were right in that. I mean, they dropped passes and stuff like that. I'm. I'm still. Bit, I'm still in on Jimmy. G. I like Jimmy G. He looks a lot like Romo when he plays. They. They. They, they throw similar. Yeah. They, I mean, Ro- Romo had a pretty successful he career. Did. Yeah. He did. Um. What do you think Sean McDermott sees when he puts on tape of Nathan Peterman? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I I don't know because that guy is terrible. The funniest thing is that went around Twitter was that uh, like hype up video the Bills made of Nathan Peterman or whatever. <laughs> if you're a Bills beat writer, like what would you be writing about? Like Nathan my, well, Peterman. The, the list of how many quarterbacks are better than it would just be all of them. That's all. It's just all of them. All the depth. He's terrible. What, well, like, what do you last a few minutes into the third this time? Yeah, well, it's better than the first game. Better where he threw five one, in the yeah. first half, and you think he had a higher passer rating in the game where he threw five interceptions. <sighs> It's so funny to watch these teams mismanage rookie quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. Like, just just put him in there. Like, so what? He wasn't ready to start, but you're going to put Josh Allen in in the second half because Peterman was bad. Like, where's your logic there? I know. Where, where's your game plan? I know. I really love what Sean McDermott's building up there in Buffalo. <laughs> um, who would you say won the Khalil Mack trade? Oh, my God. I'm guessing this is based off the argument I got in with John and James. Oh, um, I don't know. Okay, yeah, we got in. I would, I, I would say, uh, I would say the Bears won that trade. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, 
Would you like to congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs on winning the Super Bowl again in week one? This is what, four years in a row now? They always do. Dynasty. Every yeah. single year, they start like three and one, four and oh, and everyone's like, oh, the Chiefs. And then <laughs> by the end, they're like limping into the playoffs. They're losing to the Titans at home. Yeah, I bet that game. I got I bet on that game last year, and Andy Reid went full You bet the fuck, Chiefs? Yeah, I bet the Chiefs. And Andy went full fucking Andy, and I was like, Andy, I thought you'd learn by now. Never well, They learns. were winning in the first. Well, weren't, weren't they a big in that? They were, you probably they were the smoking play, play. Yeah. It was, a, it was a six and a half point line, and they were up by like 14 in the third or fourth quarter, and they blow it. And the Titans were not good. The Titans are terrible. Yeah, they were not good. Yeah. That was made me so mad. Um, <laughs> when are you going to pick up your uh, You Vike That shirt? <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine giving a guy $87 million and then finding out that was his first move with the money? Like, just what, so embarrassing. When, you, when you're evaluating franchise swag and you look at Kirk Cousins, what do you see? Just that complete opposite. I mean, you like that, like that is just, you couldn't, like, there's some things you just can't make up. And that was like, if you couldn't think of a more embarrassing thing to do. The you, fact that multiple people around him were like, nah, you got to do that. Right. Like he thought of it and he was like, what do you think? And people were like, no, yeah, let's trademark that. Do you think he asked his like one year old? <laughs> and his one year old was like, yes, daddy. I think his wife just had to like pretend to go along. Like, yeah, no, that's funny. You're really funny, Kirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does fit that fan base though. Like that fan base is the softest fan base I've ever seen in my life. Last year, all like all the Vikings Twitter tried to get in my mentions. I'm like, first of all, I have Eagles Twitter over him all day, so nothing that Vikings Twitter can say to me will ever phase me at all. But it was just the corniest comebacks and jokes you could imagine. And they have to give up the the, the chant, right? I mean, the chant's gone. Oh, the Eagles fans took that over. Yeah, it's like, how could you do that chant and not just think of Foles? I know. It's gone. Uh, what is the best Drake album? There's only one right answer. Uh... So I really like his first one, but I don't know. Take care. Yeah, take care is the best one. Yeah, okay. It's not even yeah. close. But I don't know about not even close. His last one I think is very good. Scorpion. Scorpion. I Too know. long, but yeah, it was a lot. I didn't know you were cool. I I love. I was a big Drake guy. Okay. Hold. <laughs> like I I have my my. my this is gonna this is gonna be embarrassing. But we're All in the right. trust tree, so I'm gonna. Say. I was gonna say I've been operating as if we're in the trust tree. No, I know, I know. But uh, there are some things I do not reveal to the trust tree. But this one I feel like I just have to do it. Okay. Uh, my three favorite music types of music one country music two john mayer and three drake oh my god <laughs> and that's it i i yeah i have a trust tree moment for music that i'm not going to share yet but one day i will okay. share it yeah that's fair yeah um all right are you ready for a little takeoff uh, let me open my laptop okay so i've never we've never done a takeoff on the counterpoint podcast but okay. what a takeoff is is since me and you are the purest forms of takesmen right um we have both conjured up our spiciest Eagles take after week one. And since we're in the trust rate, I mean, everyone understands that this is a, a circle of trust and okay. we're not going to break that. Um, so you have to go first. Yes. So, all right. all right. I have my take written down. Oh my God. <laughs> I have my take. See, I went more big picture. Okay. Right. I went directed at one, one player. Okay. Cause I, he's infuriating. Um, <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Um, Nick Foles spent too much time signing books this offseason and doesn't have the competitive fire left to be a good quarterback in this league. God damn, that's good. That's a pretty good take. <laughs> that's a pretty good take. That, that is... Cause it's, yeah, that's really good. He doesn't, <laughs> just doesn't look like he has the same competitive fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to respond seriously to that or not. I don't know. That's the, that's the confusion of the trust tree. Okay, so... Give me it. I so here, here's mine. And I... This is one of my, so my best takes are born from like out of the bar talking to friends, right? Like that's when you workshop them, you throw them around, you get feedback. Well, and the best is like the friends that don't work in the media. No, exactly. So, yeah. so you could just like throw it, see if they roast you. Like I have two friends that are like, I 
bounce ideas off of and they say right. that's a bad idea. Good well, who idea. wants friends in the media? Right. No one, no one has friends. So I will give a, 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 you know, a hat tip to my friends here on this one. I think by the time Malcolm Jenkins' career is over in an Eagles uniform, you ready? I see it. I think it would say he was just as good as Brian Dawkins. <sighs> I love it. Because if you just look, he's, he's way more versatile, number one. Yes. Right? Uh, if you project his stats over, and I, I did math here. If you project his stats over Dawkins, more touchdowns, uh, almost as many interceptions, and not as many sacks. But way more versatile, can cover the slot. But... They didn't. They don't form the whole defense around him like they did with Doc. Uh, that's wrong. They form almost the entire defense around Jenkins. Outside of the fact they have a dominant line, but I mean, like their secondary and their back seven is built around Jenkins. And Jenkins was in the linebacker last year. I like it. I like. It. I've yeah. had a similar thought that I didn't want to break out, but you broke it out. No, uh, I mean you can't be afraid. That's the thing, <laughs> right? Like, well, you haven't, buddy. No, that's what I'm saying. So I, yeah, that's my take. I think that Malcolm Jenkins is going to go down. As just as good as Brian Dawkins. Now, he like it won't. He may be just as good, but I, he will never be obviously as Brian Dawkins. Here's another one. His hit in the Super Bowl way harder, way harder than the hit against Algie Crumpler. Algie Crumpler held onto the ball. Yeah, I mean Jenkins knocked him out of the game. Right. I'll also say this: Jenkins has a Super Bowl ring. He does. Making a case. Making the case. Dawkins one and four. <laughs> All right, last one here. Uh, who would you say is the worst Penn State loving Giants beat writer? Oh my God. I'm just kidding. Right. You don't have to answer that one. <laughs> Elliot, thanks for coming on the 50th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Uh, read them every day on 94wip.com. Like a lot, because you write a lot on, on wip.com. It's the only way to do it. I know. I love it. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. All right. It's time for the Counterpoint Mailbag, uh, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. So let's start off with Ryan Malloy, who has a Super Bowl baby on the way. Which is pretty crazy. Congrats, man. Um, Jack, wife and I are welcoming our first child into the trust tree this October. A legit Super Bowl baby. Given some family history, uh, she can come almost any week in October, so we need your help. We really don't want to miss any football, so could you please convince her to arrive somewhere between October 12th and October 20th? I'll put headphones on wife's stomach so the baby gets the message. For your reference, the baby's name is Lily, and she's going to drool black and green from day one. Go, bird. So, Lily... Listen in closely. Mommy and daddy love you very much. But as you'll soon learn, the Philadelphia Eagles are as beloved as you. Now, I know you're saying, Jack, that's crazy. They're a football team. And all I'll say to you, Lily, is one day you will understand. And what they're asking of you is either to be patient or maybe be a little prudent. But just please, for their sake, do not arrive between October 12th and October 20th. I know it might be tough, but if you could find it in your schedule, not to come out either those days, not those days, in between those dates, they'd very much appreciate it because... While they love you very much, remember that. They would always remember that. The Eagles are very important in their relationship. You were a Super Bowl baby. Now, Lily, I hate to break this to you, you're also a fraud baby until dad gives you the test that we talked about on the episode, like, I don't know, 10 counterpoints ago. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that you're a fraud, but 
this would be the first step in you becoming not fraudulent is not coming between October 12th and October 20th. I don't want to call you a fraud. It's just like you are a fraud. And I just want to make sure you know that this would be a big first step in you not being a total fraud baby. Thank you, Lily, for your consideration. I think that sufficed. I think that did well. Um, from Lee Oldfield. Uh, hey, Jack, to clarify, the uh, 55, unfortunately, is not representative of our man, Brandon Graham. Yes, this is obviously heavy hitter 55 or whatever that emailed in last week. Um, he says, it's for Stuart Bradley when, and a, and a lot of us, thought he was the dude in the middle of the D. Um, I know it's shameful, and I fell for the trick. I, too, fell for the trick. Stuart Bradley is one of my favorite Eagles for a period there, and I thought he was going to be a monster for a long time. But that's okay. We're all wrong. Um, the real reason why I'm emailing you, though, is what your recommendations are for a pregame pump-up playlist. Being at the link, the music was rocking and set the tone perfectly. I'm not much of a rap fan, but what was playing was perfect for the game and wanted to get your opinion suggestions. So, um, uh, at the Counterpoint Podcast, we are pro for those about to rock. And it's not that we're anti-dreams and nightmares. It's just that for those about to rock is the superior song, pump-up song, to for those about to rock. So, what I do on game day is definitely a little different than, than what a lot of people do so i i literally only play for those about to rock all day it's all i listen to for those about to rock just gets me in the exact right mood i start thinking like here comes brandon graham fletcher cox uh, uh Derek barnett haloti nada timmy jernigan jordan Hay- i start getting out of my mind um, and it's all to, for those about to rock, it is what I did when they won the Super Bowl. When I would, when I would drive down here on game day, uh, to do games, I would, I would roll down the windows, have for those about to rock playing, and also, and like pumping up my fist to the Lincoln Financial Field. Um, for those about to rock is perfect. It is the perfect, uh, pump up song. And it's the only song I listen to on game day. So that probably didn't help you at all, but I'm just telling you exactly what I do. So, um, sorry about that. Uh, oh, I did not get your Twitter account. I'm sorry. But uh, a three-on-three basketball game, you have to pick two Eagles players as your teammates, one from defense and one from offense. Who are you picking? So on offense, I'm obviously picking Nick Foles because apparently he was a, a D1 basketball recruit, which I still don't believe is real. I just I cannot believe that guy was a Division One basketball player um, possibility. So, um, But apparently he is. So if I'm playing a basketball game, I want to figure it out, and I'll figure it out with a guy that was supposedly getting Division One looks, and that would be Nick Falls. He can be our center slash um, stretch the floor a little bit. I will be the strict shooter. I'm only shooting. It's all I can do on a basketball court, but I do it pretty well. So I think Nick will be impressed. And on and from the defense, now I was gonna I was gonna pick Ronald Darby, but I've heard he's trash at basketball. So I'm going with Rodney McLeod because I've heard he's really good. So I'll take Rodney McLeod, and he will be just our point guard, our defensive, our defensive. Uh, he's he'll be our Patrick Beverly. That's who that's who Rodney McLeod will be. From our friend Brandon Lee Gowden, Brandon, uh, if you could rank all NFC quarterbacks, NFC East quarterbacks, including backups, where does Dak finish? Dak finishes fifth. One Wentz, uh, two Alex Smith, three Nick Foles, four Eli Manning. And fifth, Dak Prescott, with Nate Sudfeld finishing a close sixth. Suck it, Dak. Anyway, um, from Papa Rog, 
Dear Jack Fritz WIP, if I tweet a question to you for the mailbag and you don't like it or answer it, does it exist? Do the impending questions of my very existence that crushes all of my hopes and senses at being left out of a mailbag also not exist? Keep up the good work, buddy. Um, listen, if I miss your mailbag questions, and this is just a PSA, if I miss the mailbag question, it's solely on me, and I just sometimes miss them, and that's it. It's nothing personal, nothing like that. It's just that sometimes just human error takes over, and I completely miss them. So I'm sorry that it, it crushes you. I don't, I don't mean for it to crush you. It's just that sometimes there's human error that takes over. Let's get to what's the line saying. So like I said, the what's the line saying is 1-0. And, oh. and we're going to stay hot here because the line uh, is at 3. And I think it's Bird's line because I, I, I think there's going to be enough overreaction to what the Buccaneers did last week that enough of the public is going to be on the Bucks plus three at home. It's basically saying the Eagles are six points better than the Bucks, and I think a lot of betters are going to look at that and say, mm, "I don't know about that." They just hung forty-eight points on that Saints defense. Uh, oh, and by the way, LOL at Alvin Kamara for saying that they would beat the shit out of the Eagles. Take your fraudulent defense and just calm down, buddy. Um, <clears throat> so, um, it's three points, and I think it's a. I think it's first off, I think it's a fair line. I would have been worried if they made it too high. Um, and, and too low, it just, I, I think it's the proper line. Uh, and here's why I like the line a lot. Because I think there's going to be enough public betters that are going to be on the Buccaneers. But I think the Eagles are catching the Bucks at the right time. Like, it just feels like a, it feels like there's an overreaction coming to what the Buccaneers did. And what they did was fine, but it's a, it's a team that's been immature and it's been a, a, bad team for a couple years there and I'm just not putting my faith in Dirk Cutter to change the culture there and think about that like a young team that has its first big win in a couple years they go in they go into New Orleans and beat the Saints they're all excited and then they come home and the world champions are coming in with Ryan Fitzpatrick who hasn't played a good back-to-back games in forever so I think they're catching them at the right time they couldn't make this line high enough I love the birds minus three I think that I think the 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 Bucks come out smelling themselves a little bit, and Birds honestly I think they roll, and I'm not concerned about it at all. What's the line saying? Moves on to two and zero, with the Eagles win on Sunday. 